This is Continuum Drag, a weekly podcast where we revisit sci-fi, fantasy, and just plain weird shows. This week, Threshold, episode 13. You said you tracked seven regular customers. What about the eighth? He's a chef's assistant. He sold his condo in Skip Town. Hey, he took three crates of tomatoes with him. We could start an alien football team. Our agents are tracking him as we speak. Great. What? If you're looking for a new source of stress, you're in luck. Our pregnant alien infectee is about to have her baby. Welcome to Continuum Drag, the podcast offering you a neighborly protein shake when you drop by. I'm Luke, here with my co-host Jordan. What's real, Jordan? I had something that's real, and I, I don't remember what it was. <laughs> hmm. hmm. Well, it'll come back to you later. It'll come back to me later. All right, Jordan. So this week, we're here. We're on the final episode of Threshold. We've taken the escape pod, and we've landed here. Don't you feel the relief? I feel as if I was on death row, and, and I got a call from the warden, and they just stayed the execution. Don't you feel like that? Oh, I could have gone for the rest of it. It's fine. You just kept going forever. Just just more episodes. You're like, and this week, uh, the aliens are, are growing rice. You're like, no. I mean, I could. I, there's only four left. I, I, I could have got through it. I'll, I'll tell you this right now. I was having a look at our, at our ratings for the series, just prepping for this week's episode. And uh, I, happen to have, I, I happen to have it sorted also by our individual ratings for the series. Mm-hmm. What do you think your individual rating is? I would say it's about a three. 3.87. Yeah. What's yours? 5.75. You know, in the grand scheme of things, that's not that far off. They're two points off. This show is a real shrugger for me. I'm like, sure. I'll watch some more. Yeah. Watch less. Whatever you like. All right. Before we get into this week's episode, Jordan, since we're warping past the last four episodes of this series that we didn't watch, I was going to give you the titles of the episodes and see if you can uh, make a guess as to what happened in those episodes. What I did was I didn't watch any of these, but I... I, sc- I know you didn't watch any of them. Well, I know I didn't watch them. Yeah. I scrubbed through them each in about three seconds just to see if anything jumped out. And the only thing I <laughs> that really popped out was I did see one character at one point. Their eyes got really bulgy and red. That's all I know. Whoa. There may have been uh, someone whose eyes exploded. You were, uh, some real commitment, Jordan. You scanned through those last episodes. I didn't even do that. Well, I wasn't going to watch them. All right. Well, here, here, I'll give you the four episode titles and you can tell me one by one what you think uh, each episode might have been about. Okay. Progeny. I think in a very out of the box episode, the characters accidentally, while looking into the aliens, find a time machine and they go back. And when they go back in time, they actually find they're now children. So the whole episode is them as kids and they have to find their way back to the future to become adults again threshold baby yeah how how great would it be though if the show just really got out just like why not why not have an episode where all children you know i mean that'd be great of any show it's true wouldn't it be nice if once per season they were just allowed to throw continuity out the window why not i mean i know why not in this show but who cares why not have fun all right next episode the crossing i think the crossing is it's a bottle episode okay where Kavanaugh and Caffrey are, are traveling across the state to go, I don't know, they hear something about an alien. This is another boat character somewhere. But the whole episode, they get stuck at a train crossing, 
and then it's just their conversation the whole time. It's like a waiting for Godot <laughs> sort of thing. Uh, well, I like the train crossing thing. That's pretty good. Mm-hmm. Next episode, Outbreak. Outbreak is the episode where things actually happen. I'd love for this to actually happen, but knowing knowing that what happens in episode 13, this couldn't have. But it's the, it's the episode where the aliens finally come. They attack. Everyone starts becoming aliens. And uh, it's pandemonium. And, and they don't know how to uh, deal with the the outbreak but they solve it all by the end they solve it all by the end because we have episode 13 where nothing happens Uh, episode 12 vigilante again it's a bit of an out of continuity episode where caffrey is walking home after uh working a long day in threshold and she's mugged and she goes home and she's like i'm not going to take it anymore so she starts training (laughs) and uh, makes a superhero costume and the rest of the episode is just her beating up uh different villains Oh, pretty good. Yeah. I have read the uh, the synopsis for this episode, so I'll paraphrase it for you because it's a very silly idea for an episode. Mm-hmm. Ramsey goes to a strip club and a vigilante comes in and kills the stripper he's with. Wow. That's not what I thought it would have been. <laughs> I got a question for you, though. What do you think uh, Caffrey's superhero name would be if she became a vigilante? Good question. Um, uh, The planner. I was literally about to say the same thing. That's all it could be. The planner. <laughs> oh, man. We spent too much time together. <laughs> the planner. All right. Let's get into this episode and we can like de- deconstruct the postmortem of it when we're done the, of the series. So okay. here is the IMDb summary for episode 13, Alienville. The trail of an infected cook leads Dr. Caffrey and Agent Kavanaugh to a small Virginia town populated by the infected. And that, of course, was courtesy of A. Anonymous. Old Adam Anonymous. He's he's our old friend. I don't think we'll ever see him again or hear from him. You don't think so? I think he's going to be everywhere now. We'll see him wherever we go. I think the only show that ever really did it for him is this show. And he still is at home. I'd say he's writing fan fiction stuff, but I never found anything. <laughs> well, what I liked about the start of this episode, because we skipped over four episodes, and the start of this episode was either very conveniently a recap for us or maybe it was just all new information unrelated to the previous episodes but it felt like a recap well this is this when they're talking about um the contaminated tomatoes yeah they're all like gathered around talking about how there are still 200 anonymous people in dc who are contaminated or could be uh, infected by contaminated potato uh, tomatoes sold at a produce stand and i was just like what happened or is this all new we mentioned it before that that's the sort of light serialization this show has that, I mean, for good or bad, you can just jump in and they'll have a line like that. And you're like, OK, well, people had contaminated tomatoes. That's all you need to know. It doesn't really affect things. Well, and the more I watched it, the more I started to suspect maybe that was a minor plot point from an earlier episode because they say how they've caught two of the people who have been infected and they both had very different ways of spreading the infection. Was the one person who was having uh, <laughs> unsafe sex? Yes. They're like, one of them was having unprotected sex. And they do a cutaway to a man about to sleep with a woman. She hands him a condom and he just shrugs and throws it over his shoulder. And she's like, all right. I loved it. It's one of my favorite things the show's ever done. But w- what's even better about that scene is, so yeah, that, that happens. He drops the condom. She's like, whatever, game on. They start kissing and, and then like a SWAT team just kicks the door down and grabs him and I think shoots him to the floor, like electrocutes him and pulls him away. But then they just cut to her just crying by the bed. <laughs> I mean, it's very traumatic. Yeah, was, that's, the, that's the worst. That's the worst the date could have gone. I also was just like, that was a hilarious cutaway, like 
not that Family Guy's hilarious, but it was borderline a Family Guy moment. <laughs> I actually wish they did more of those. Wouldn't that be funnier in the show? Well, the second cutaway I actually think might be even funnier than the first one because they say the next woman was a lady who bought tomatoes and then tried to bring tomato soup to her office to infect her coworkers. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah. And they cut to this lady and she's just got like a bag of tomato soup she's pouring into a bowl and handing to her coworker who's got a big spoon like, I can't wait. And then like a man just runs in with a taser and just zaps her at the table. and <laughs> She falls over and he turns to the man who's holding the soup spoon and he's like, gonna need that soup spoon. And I think they just like put it in a bag or something. Yeah, then they were and they run out. And I was just like, these two cutaways are ridiculous. <laughs> It, that'd have been a great show, huh? If they just did a whole episode where it's just teams showing up and like uh, uh, stopping a, like a pandemic from happening. Just zapping some rando. Yeah. And I like too, because they've been pretty undercover. And even I would say the unprotected sex man, like the only one who saw him get shot was the lady he was with. They like walked into a busy office and electrocuted a woman in front of the entire staff. And everyone's like, I guess that's just what happens. Well, I, I guess she did something wrong. <laughs> At any rate, one person they have been able to catch is an infected chef who uh, took off from D.C. with three crates of tomatoes. And this is going to be our A plot. What happened to that chef and those tomatoes? I I mean, like, uh, it's been very clear and I've haven't hid that I didn't I didn't really like this show. But what's amazing is you always try to go into go okay maybe that like we'll see this episode how you know maybe this will be better maybe this will be better and sometimes it's a little bit better or a little bit worse or whatever it is but like guys there's nothing interesting about infected tomatoes that you're not going to see you don't really care about it's just it's like all off camera and it's so just the stakes are so low and it's just it, it's just this slow gestating gotta thing. find those tomatoes i know just like okay sure gotta find tomatoes yeah okay i'm glad i tuned in and then our b plot for this episode an infected pregnant woman is about to give birth at threshold. Yeah, and I actually I thought they put they gave less time to that than I would have thought. These th- this show has had some problems, you know, dovetailing their plots, but this one really has two completely separate things that don't really jive. Yeah, I mean they're def- definitely different plots. I would say like the time they had to find the ship underwater was like less of a plot than this one but this one is a very very mild plot like maybe 10 minutes of necessary screen time it's more like well we have all these characters they have to do something while we're off in virginia or wherever they and go. since that b plot is so simple to get through let's start there okay um so at some point they've captured a pregnant woman who has been infected i would assume in the episode progeny mm-hmm. and uh her pregnancy has been uh accelerated she's only been pregnant for two and a half months but she's ready to give birth and we find out that Fenway also can uh, be the doctor that's helping deliver birth. He's your everyman doctor. He does everything from lab tests to coming up with antidotes to viruses to uh, home births. He does it all. Well, I mean, a couple episodes ago, they revealed that he was the former head of uh, medical at NASA. So he, he can do anything. He can do anything, yeah. They can't test this baby to find out whether it's an alien or a human because the, the embryonic sac is too hard to push a needle through. But they do set up titanium cribs yes they got a nursery set up with uh, titanium everything and yeah and and it's titanium because they're worried that the baby might be so strong it's going to break the bed that's their point something happened in the last few episodes we missed here because in this episode they like there's the titanium restraints on the woman giving birth kavanaugh's walking out with titanium handcuffs now they clearly at some point decided they had to like have titanium everything to like hold these infectees down mm-hmm. did you enjoy though 
that while they're setting up that nursery, we get a little bit of a backstory about Ramsey because it appears he's very good at taking care of a baby. Yeah, because he has a twin sister who has a bunch of kids. That's not all, though. The exact phrase was, "I my twin sister had three kids before 19. Oh, is that, is that what I, I think I missed that. Yeah, no, he just says it like that. And Lucas's reaction, he stares at him and goes, you have a twin? And I was like, that was your takeaway? Not that she had three children before she was 19 years old? To be fair, maybe it was triplets. Maybe she was 18 and it was triplets. I guess that's true. They didn't specify. Yeah. That was such a wild revelation. But I actually think that the gag, though, of him saying, you have a, a twin, I thought the the joke that they were playing with is that him being him being a little person. I thought that was what the, there was some sort of weird joke there. Am I wrong? Oh, I don't think that was a joke there. I, I mean, the closest they come to it is he, he says, like, no, she's not a genius. Right. Anyway, uh, Fenway heads off. He delivers this baby. They test it. Turns out it's a perfectly normal human. And uh, they, you know, put it in a little crib, pass, pack it off to the nursery. And uh, as they do, the uh, alien infectee mother gets very pissed off uh, that they're taking her baby away from her. To which Fenway says, huh, I should have seen this coming. Yeah. That's the actual quote. <laughs> There's a couple weird things here. So they basically decide that uh, Ramsey and Lucas, Lucas, um, can I remember his name? They're going to babysit for some reason because this government agency that has millions of dollars can only use the two of them. I mean, there is this thing. They have a bunch of nurses, but like what happens is that like they take the baby away. The mom freaks out and busts out of her restraints and like starts like going on a rampage trying to find her baby. And they cut to that nursery and all the nurses just like the alarm goes off and they all just scatter like a, like everyone's a coward on this show. They just scatter. And we end up with just like, it's up to Lucas and Ramsey to save the day with the baby. It's like, uh, what's that movie? Three Mums? Three Mums? What's that What's that movie where the where Tom Selleck and all those guys oh, take care of all the three, three Men and a Baby. There you go. Three Mums. <laughs> that was the big, big stars of the time. You got your Tom Selleck. You got your uh, Ted Danson. And who was the third one? Do you remember? Um, Belky. No, Steve Gutenberg. Oh, there you go. If there's ever a timestamp on a movie, <laughs> putting Steve Gutenberg in it is, is one. Oh, man, I have so few recollections of that movie. Hey, do you know who directed uh, Three Men and a Baby? I do know that, actually. Leonard Nimoy. <laughs> there you go. All right. Anyway, yes, the mother's on a rampage trying to get her baby back. Lucas and Ramsey are trying to hide with the baby. They're running around. They're hiding on elevators. Lucas is revealing he's an orphan himself, so he's really worried about this baby. <laughs> Lots of character development. I love those sort of reveals like that, as if that gives you a shorthand for uh, empathy where you wouldn't have it before. He's like, well, I'm an orphan, so it's important we save this baby. I'm like, well, who cares that you're an orphan? It has nothing to do with needing to save the baby. I like when they're running around, though, because you just keep hearing in the background this woman shouting, where's my baby? Where's my baby? <laughs> I can see why they were worried about the baby with the titanium because first they're in the elevator. She's smashing that up. Then they go into, I think, what, what do they call their map room? I like, just called it the war room. The war room. That's what it looks like. They go in there and she like literally kicks down the like steel doors. It's true. I mean, while they're hiding in the war room, the two of them like hatch a plan because they realize she's able to find them so easily because of old Lucas's elevated theta waves. So she's like honing in on him because i guess the aliens can sense their own that's something that they really lean into in this episode not only in this plot line but in the other one we'll discuss is that 
the people who are infected slash aliens are able to track one another and anyone that has elevated theta waves, right? Have we seen that before? Because they they say it over and over and over, and it becomes a major uh, major plot points for driving the the plot forward. I would assume this happened in one of those four episodes because it is it does seem like it's a piece of information that was recently gathered, right? Because they all they all know it instinctually. So I just it to me felt like oh that's one of those episodes that was one of the serialization pieces we missed. Well, so here's some things we know. We know. You can get transmitted to become an alien through uh, audio waves. Yes. Maybe through your dreams. Mm, no. Eating tomatoes. Tomatoes, yes. Or or lettuce with teeth in them. Yes, or blood, or if you get injected with an alien person's blood. Or we're going to find another way if you're a baby. Or unprotected sex. There. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah. But I was going to say with a baby, if you uh, have breast milk from an alien. Yeah, like one of the things they come to find out is her breast milk is full of I don't know, proteins that make you an alien. Which is a way to get around what they've said. Yeah. Uh, one of the rules they, they made from the beginning, which is essentially kids before puberty are not uh, susceptible to the audio waves. So this way, through via a breast milk, they're able to give them the enzymes or whatever it is that will also make this person uh, start becoming an alien. Yeah, it is them trying to backtrack on a plot device they came up with and then decided that they wanted to get rid of. Actually, in terms of a show that has kind of hand-waved over some stuff, I didn't think this one was so bad. It wasn't terrible, but it did feel like they're pretzeling back over something they regretted doing earlier. Yeah, fair enough. Maybe not quite that, but it did, it did seem silly to be like, kids can't get infected. Well, I mean, they can, but only under circumstances we set now. Yeah, they're like, oh, kids getting infected. They're like, oh, wait, is it Thursday? Okay, well, forget everything I said. Anyway, the mom's trying to get them. Lucas and Ramsey are hiding with the baby in the in this room, in this war room. They they hatch a plan where when she busts through the door, she goes right after Lucas because that's who she can sense. Lucas is holding a shoe, in a swaddled shoe, so she thinks that's the baby. And Ramsey's able to, like, run out behind her to escape with the baby saving it. And I'll tell you, if I had a nickel for every time I've mistook a baby for a shoe. It's pretty frequent for you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it happens all the time. You would have abducted way more babies otherwise. Well, all I'll say is... You've got a closet full of shoes. I have a lot of one shoe. <laughs> um, Lucas is able to escape because he's like causes a little power outage. He runs away and he like has a pratfall where he bumps into Fenway outside the door. Fenway's got an electric gun and they like shoot the mom and they manage to save the day. And that's kind of the end of this plot point, basically. Oh, I should mention one other thing while we're talking about things that might have happened in previous episodes. I have a feeling and I could very well be wrong. This might just be something they're they're sort of retconning. But in this episode, people are getting shot with those laser bullets constantly. This episode more than others. I think there was six times people get shot with laser bullets. Electricity. There's at least one or two instances where they mention, oh, the person will be fine. And so I don't think these bullets are acting like normal bullets or they've adjusted them at some point. Well, and that's happened in other episodes, though. It doesn't always kill them, but it does some of the time. Doesn't it seem, though, like they're just like whenever it's convenient, they're like, well, you just shot someone with a bullet point blank. They're like, yeah, they're OK, though. I think what I've noticed when I've watched these episodes, the infected usually lives if you shoot him, you know, once or twice. But if they're in a sequence where they're shot like... Seven or eight times they're opened fire on, then they usually seem to die. But it is like, it seems to be a matter of the number of bullets that are fired. So the doctors look at them like, this person was shot three times. He should be fine. Like, wait, wait, wait. were those laser bullets? Oh, he's not, he's not going to make it. <laughs> I like that you keep calling them laser bullets. Whatever they were, whatever they are. Electricity bullets. They're, they're zappers. They call them zappers. It's a laser and a bullet combined. <laughs> 
<laughs> what it was funny, I thought about this B plot, and this is just a really small thing, which is like I think is just a symptom of the entire show, is that it was just missed opportunities. Is the idea of a single infectee on a bottle episode rampage in the threshold center, like it felt like there's the opportunity to do like an alien style episode where you're being hunted and you're hiding and you're moving around the building, which would be kind of fun and potentially good. But it was just funny. I was, I was just like, I was like, ah, the, you guys kind of used it and didn't use it very well. And it was so short. I was like, what a wasted opportunity. I think what it comes down to is they have a structure they like, whether that's right or not. And they don't ever really want to deviate that. So the only real thing is you always have to the characters pair off and there's an A plot and a B plot. They may or may not come together, but you're right. That would have been a much better episode. And that's all you need for a show. Like they seem like they're uh, really desperate to jam in as much plot as possible, but almost to uh, the show's detriment because the plots are never as interesting as they think they are. Because you're right. What a better episode that'd be. The, the alien breaks out and starts killing everyone. I'm like, that's a good episode. And you could have each of the characters hiding by themselves or pairing up or whatever have you. That's more interesting than watching two people go to Virginia and like eat at a diner. Well, and and probably would have been, yeah, because we'll get into the A plot now, which probably makes up like 45 minutes or 40 minutes of the show. And the B plot was like five to 10 minutes of it. Yeah. And it does feel like maybe if you had like changed those margins, you might've had a better episode. But they have this thing they have to put they're number one and two characters in the main main plot. And it's just like, it's not that interesting, guys. Well, th- this main plot is uh, that chef who stole those tomatoes. They've been tracking him. <laughs> Their best agents have been tracking him. And, and they've gone missing, but their GPS points them to the last known location of Allenville, Virginia. Or Alienville, if you will, Jordan. Mm-hmm, I will, yeah. It is, it's the home of the chef's uncle, a Dr. Bolton, a Nobel Prize winning physicist who would have had Lucas's job at Threshold if he hadn't been retired. Are all of them the best of the best? Was that was that mentioned at the very beginning? That is, yes. They're all they're all like the top of their field. I wonder if uh, old uh, Lucas knows that he, he was second choice, you know? I mean, I assume he might know, but I did find it funny. Just like, he's the best. He We couldn't do any better than him, but he says he's retired, so I guess we can't bother him. I was just like, That's, I, I think in the face of this catastrophe, you could probably pull that man out of retirement. And it's not like he's 80. We do see him. He looks like he's what, like 65 maybe? Yeah, it was very funny to me just to like drop that mention and be like, but well, we couldn't use him. He's retired. Well, they didn't want him to get collecting double pensions, you know? <laughs> anyway, uh, Caffrey and Kavanaugh head off to Virginia in their new uh, undercover sort of uh, undercover persona. Yeah, as a married couple. Ah, uh, that, that romantic plot line you were worried was gone. It's back, Jordan. It's, it's funny because... Again, like like you mentioned earlier, the missed opportunities of the show are so vast that it's kind of amazing that no one stopped and just caught it. But like even this is such a silly kind of like two people who don't really know each other having to pretend they're a married couple under the umbrella of this weird alien invasion. There's a fun episode, but they don't play this at all. Like I think there's one comment where they sort of be like, he's like, you are really good looking. And she's like, stop it. That's about all you get in this episode. Yeah, there's certainly no like fun, uh, foibly kind of 30s screwball comedy going on with like two people pretending to be married. They don't show up to like a hotel room and have uh, there's only one pair of pajamas and one's got to wear the top and one's got to wear the bottom and they got to put a sheet in between the two beds. You know, that's what I'm looking for. One pair of pajamas. Yeah, they're t- they're, they're Tony and Angela. Oh my god. Um, 
They get to Virginia and they track down the GPS tracker. And what I liked is they arrive in town and within the first like 30 seconds in town, they find the car. They see the agent's car. They walk around a corner. And what they see is a just like a friendly neighborhood woman shoving a leg into a wood chipper Fargo style. This is something the show does well. And again, I wish they leaned into it more because that's a a really arresting kind of over-the-top image. But yeah, you just see the guy's feet sticking out of her putting him in this wood chipper. And she's very casual about it. And it's it, it makes it, again, a really arresting image. But they just don't lean into that enough. Well, it's very funny because she turns around and sees them there. And they have their guns drawn on her. And uh, I guess because aliens can sense theta waves, she like, thinks they're one, like they're the same or something. And she just looks at them and she's just like, oh, no, 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 don't worry. They're government agents. <laughs> it was funny. It was funny. And then they like, what I liked is they shoot her with the electric bullet, which doesn't kill her. But she kind of slumps over and puts her arm into the wood chipper. Just her arm, though. Just like her forearm. And they're like, well, she's dead. Yeah, so they shoot her. She kind of falls partially into the chipper. And then uh, Caffrey says to Kavanaugh, she's like, oh, just leave her. It'll look like an accident. And I was like, she's being shot. I, I, saw, I wrote the same thing. I'm just like, it'll look like an accident, except for the bullet hole in her. Looks perfectly normal. <laughs> but it's so good because now they can keep their cover as a married couple. Yeah. So the next thing, they're going to go to uh, a diner mm-hmm. where seemingly a lot of the town hang out it's sort of like a bit of a city center and they're all eating gigantic like t-bone steaks right yes now they mention at one point the protein so i don't know if there's something we've we've seen before and i just don't remember or again it was something that happened in the last few episodes where we really know that the aliens need to load up on protein i think it's been seeded like i i, I knew that they had high protein diets because their metabolisms are so high so like i got the seeding that when they said they're, they're eating grotesquely large blood red steaks in this diner they don't even look like they're cooked at all though right no they look raw and they're trying to find a payphone because there's no cell phone service dr bolton's like killed cell phone service and the, the cell phone thing doesn't work there but when they they sit down at the bar and the chef's just like oh newcomers hey eh? what are you doing here and they're like you know looking to buy a house and, and since they think they're aliens too they're like well how about some steaks on the house and they put down these like they have to be like how how heavy are those steaks? Like, got to be a, like a kilogram of meat there. They're like comically large. They're larger than a dinner plate, sort of like a Fred Flintstone-esque cut of meat that no one would ever eat. Uh, they put them down and then they're like, these are on the house. And they're like, we better blend in so they don't so we they don't think we're government agents. And Kavanaugh proceeds to happily eat the entire raw steak. She makes a joke that he ate the whole thing, which is weird. But then she goes... Oh, good thing they didn't have tomatoes with them. But and I thought, you guys are here. You know that you're tracking contaminated food. Wouldn't they be at least a little bit more careful about this? Like maybe only packaged food or something? A hundred percent. As soon as they started eating that, I'm like, you can't trust that food. You know these are infected people. Like literally, this is her job is seeing all possible outcomes and having things you can do to deal with that. And they're just like, big steak. Yep. I also, this is a very small thing, but when they walked into this diner, the diner owner offered them lunch and they said, no, thanks. Uh, I'll just have a beer. And then they sit down and he like puts two Cokes out for them. And I was just like, that's not at all what they ordered. <laughs> I didn't notice. That's funny. Uh, the, the entire thing is they, they have no way of getting a hold of Threshold. So they're kind of on their own in this town. Phones aren't working. It's, it's trouble here. Now, I don't know if I'm jumping ahead, but let me ask you something because I think I maybe didn't understand or just missed this. So... If you haven't found it out at this point, very soon we're going to find out the whole town is contaminated. Yes, they know. They figure it out in the diner. Yeah. Okay. So here's what I don't understand. 
everyone in the town is becoming an alien or they're affected in some way. I believe they call themselves improved. Okay, so they're improved. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They talk about them. And they all know they're aliens. They know, uh, they're going to find out very shortly that they know that the government is chasing them. And they also would have known because there's FBI agents or whatever they were that they killed. But it just seems at this point, and for most of the episode, that they're just going about their lives. Like they're just cutting their lawns. They're washing their cars. They're going to work. They're just eating at diners. Don't you think they would be doing more all the time as these elevated human slash alien hybrids? Good question. I I think this next scene kind of digs into it a little bit here. But you're right. Like they are very casual about it. I think they're just like... They found a community, so it's like taking the urgency off of uh, spreading that signal. I guess that's what it is. I think that you, you're right. There, there's no sense of urgency to what they're doing, so it seems odd because they want that sort of um, uh, stepford wives. Yeah, they're like they're pod people, but I'm like, but they're just they're not doing anything. They're just like chilling, like they're just they're just hanging but, out. Yeah, I mean that is true. Uh, after they realize they can't get a hold of anyone, they decide uh, to go find this Doctor Bolton and drop by his house. Um, he's not home, but they get to meet their his housekeeper. Who uh, mm-hmm. this is my this is one of my favorite parts of the episode. They arrive and she's like, "Well, why don't you come in? I'll make you a protein shake." And I was just like, "No, oh, that's real hospitality. Just getting offered a protein shake when you walk in the door." It was weird because she goes, "Hey," uh, they go, "It's the doctor here." She goes, "No, um, but do you want to come and have a protein shake?" And Kevin goes, "That's just what I wanted." And I was like, w- "In what world does anyone offer anyone else?" I a mean, protein she's just shake? she's stay she's playing her part as an alien. She's just like that's what aliens offer each other for protein shakes. All right, you know what? I didn't even catch it. that's true. I guess they're all just drinking protein shakes <laughs> and eating steaks. Um, but basically, this this housekeeper basically offers them a ton of exposition. Here is um, basically this used to be a coal mining town, but two thirds of the population left when the coal mine shut down, and like her people used to be horse farmers, but they're gone now too. The chef showed up with his tomatoes at some point and he improved the entire town. So like he showed up and made soup for everyone. Now they're all aliens. That's how this town came into being. Again, isn't there an interesting uh, seed of an idea here that they didn't play up? The idea of these ghost towns or towns that have gone through major recessions because a, you know, a company has left or a company has done something horrible to the environment. Someone else has come in here to try to save them. And because it's an alien, they don't care it's an alien. It's saving their economy. But they don't really lean into that. No, it, I mean, that's just it. There's there's threads of topical or interesting ideas that they just don't do anything with. Yeah, it's, they're always just sprinting ahead, regardless of whether that's yeah, the best thing absolutely. to do. Absolutely. Uh, as you said, they, uh, the town knows all about Threshold and they're trying to kill them. So they're basically like, we got to fight back against Threshold. Have you heard about it? They're trying to kill us. They know there's a government agency. They know it's called Threshold. They know they want to stop the aliens. They figured all this out, but they don't know what the five people that work there look like. <laughs> and she also tells them about Dr. Bolton, who she works for. Um, he's working with an infected threshold agent named James Hayes. And uh, they're all kind of working mm-hmm. under him in this town to, they, they see, this is kind of it is they have a plan, but they're all kind of working under the guise of this previous threshold agent who they're like, yeah, we all just work for him and we're going to spread the signal with his idea kind of thing. Yeah. He's the de facto leader for the aliens. And this is our big reveal of the episode because I guess this James Hayes agent, uh, I looked it up on IMDb. He was in two previous episodes, two of the episodes we didn't watch. So they like brought him in a little earlier and then I guess had him get infected in one of those episodes. But in this particular episode, it is revealed that ha- this Agent Hayes is also Kavanaugh's brother. Mm-hmm. There's so much happening. I have a feeling this was set up for 
a, another season where yeah. you would have these two brothers in this conflict because they know each other and have had this previous life together, but now they're on opposite sides of, of this war. What I kind of like, too, is it, it seems, and I'm sure it's not quite the case. I'm sure they did this because they thought it was better tension, maybe. But it's very funny to me, the idea that there was like an agent they introduced for two episodes previous to this, but they never were like, oh, so it's his brother. They like waited till like deep into it to be like, oh, by the way, uh, it's Kavanaugh's brother. And it's just like, oh, just you can you can lead with that, you guys. You don't have to surprise us three episodes. In. But it's such a reveal. Weren't you weren't you blown I away? I mean, it, it, they were the most unnecessary character stakes for the most unnecessary character. <laughs> <laughs> well said. Anyway, they wait till the housekeeper leaves and they kind of break back into the house and kind of look around for clues because they like want to see if Dr. Bolton has any information on what the plan is. And while they're looking around, they get caught by uh, that tomato chef. Yeah, he comes in and is this where Caffrey puts a gun on him and he grabs the gun and he just bends it? Yeah, he just bends it like a real Superman. Yeah, he bends it like nothing. And then he gets, he just gets shot by uh, Kavanaugh and it's over. Yeah, they, uh, they toss his body out a window throw them in the trunk of their car so this is one of the instances where someone is shot with a bullet they're okay seemingly okay at all like he's knocked unconscious by seemingly the laser of the laser bullet not the bullet of the laser bullet <laughs> uh laser bullet you love it i love it i love that laser bullet uh, <laughs> but yeah no they uh he's knocked out they drive him out to like the forest and they're basically gonna chain him to a tree so he can't get out and tell anyone that they're here as agents i like when he like hulks his way out of the trunk of the car though I did too. It was shot in such a weird way because basically he's so strong. He like just kicks open or punches open the uh, the trunk and it like flies off the car. But they do it like they cut it like twice. So you have several angles of it flying out. And it's just like, oh, this doesn't so powerful. This doesn't work at all. And I just like it was such a cool idea. But it just the way it was shot was bizarre. And uh, as they're as they're chaining him up, they look at his shoes and notice, hey, there's hay on these shoes. This was such a <laughs> dumb way of uh getting and i think this is by the way the second time they've done this where they've found something on someone's shoe because remember that episode yeah. they found uh which water plant to go to dirt from dirt on the shoes yeah i know it's like do it once it's fine like you have like a real spy thing but they just do it like the viewer's supposed to be like i can't believe they figured out where you're really like this is so stupid well and the hay on his shoes is supposed to reference like reference back to the housekeeper who said my my people were horse people and there are all kinds of abandoned horse farms around here so they're like let's go look at the horse farm but it really was why would you introduce the idea this is a coal mining town and miss the opportunity and i guess probably because they didn't have access to it but this should have been in a coal mine. Well, they want to have the coal mine be a red herring as if as if they were setting it up that there's two places they could be, either the coal mine or the stables, but they don't really set that up. So when you get the reveal, it's like, oh, uh, uh, okay, sure. It's that place they mentioned once. It just felt like to me that like they were like, it's in Virginia. There's lots of coal mines here, but we shot this in Ontario and we better just go to a farm. <laughs> Yeah, you're pro you're probably right. And I was just like, ah, what a what a like. I was just like, I wanted to see a coal mine. It just felt right to the episode. Well, and also the farm they go to is like evocative of nothing. Yeah, they like head to a barn and spy on it, and they're building something. The the alien folk are building something inside the barn, so they know. Okay, whatever it is, doesn't matter. We got to get rid of it. They drive back into town. They go to the town's pile of propane tanks and help themselves to two propane tanks. 
Yeah, that was weird. It's sort of like like a suit up scene where it's like we're grabbing all our supplies, but it just was him grabbing propane. And it was like a, like it was a stack of like forty five propane tanks in an alley, and I'm just like, so this is the communal propane tank pile. It's just one of the things that this new alien uh, society has set up. Small town living, Jordan. Yeah, I guess. And uh, Kavanaugh hits the grocery store to buy some things to help build this uh, improvised explosive device. They're going to need build all these propane tanks, but she also has to buy some wine and condoms to distract that horny teenage cashier. Didn't it seem like that would do the opposite of what you're trying to do? Her 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 thing is that what is she's getting something that's going to like ignite the propane? Yeah, right? she's getting stuff to help build an IED, basically. Right, but then to distract the person, she's also buying wine and condoms so they go oh we're only going to pay attention to the wine and condoms and not everything else i buy it's like or just put that stuff through on itself it doesn't look like you're making a bomb so why even draw attention at all yeah no no teenage clerk's gonna notice but it's also so they can have a funny gag where he's like what do you have planned for tonight i mean it really was just like so they could have some flirty banter (laughs) yeah her and kavanaugh are like will they won't they yeah and the answer is they won't Really, though, the point of the her going into that grocery store was she finds a payphone that works. She calls her, quote, Uncle JT yeah. with a coded message letting them know, letting Threshold know where they are, and that they need help, et cetera, et cetera. Does she even have to say Uncle JT? She could have just said JT. If they don't know who any of the people are, you don't need to have even have that that <laughs> secret, you know? It, it was just like, yeah, someone was just like, this is a fun, like, she's calling her uncle to tell her, tell her infected uncle about this cool town they found. <laughs> Yeah. Anyway, they take these uh, improvised explosive devices they've made. They sneak back to the barn. This barn has no security on it at all. They like sneak into the barn, plant the explosives, and get to overhear Dr. Bolton talking about what he's built inside. And it's not what they expected. It's not a device that's going to be used to like transmit more of the signal. It is basically going to shoot a, I believe they call it a tachyon burst with a message that's going to go back to the alien home world. Everything up to this point has been various ways to infect people. This is the first one where they think it's sending a signal to presumably where the aliens are so that they know that it's begun, so they send more of the probes or whatever. Yeah, I mean, it's certainly the first time they've ever introduced the idea that, like, there's co- they're going to contact the aliens and, like, maybe more aliens will come. Mm-hmm. But essentially, they, they, they hear this, they plant the bombs, they have an hour and a half to get out of town before they explode. But before they can get too far, they're walking through the forest by this old, uh, by this old ranch, and they bump into Kavanaugh's brother, Adrian Hayes. Yeah, and they have a real standoff. That standoff that I assume viewers have been dying for for two episodes. It is very funny to be like, introduce the idea of like, this is a very meaningful moment for this character. But it's just like a character you didn't know very well. And another character who we only found out this episode is his brother. For almost all the characters, even if it was like Caffrey's sister or brother or cousin, I just don't think it has the emotional uh, resonance they think it does. It's just too brief you know it's just like it's like okay sure there's these characters i barely know anything about anyway because they're always spending all their time running from plot to plot right it's like you don't actually know anything about them no and i mean you just found out this guy was a brother 15 minutes there's been no time to even establish they had a good a good or bad relationship but it's bad now it's bad now he's an alien uh the brother is able to place a call on his walkie-talkie to the alien mob to come and get him before he's shot and uh, they, they drag off the brother for a bit and they realize like, oh, it's really heavy carrying this limp body around. So let's drop him here. And there's this supposed to be like really emotional moment where Kavanaugh's just like, I have to kill my brother. He's an alien. And, and the Caffrey has to talk him out of it. But it, like it, none of it lands because you're just like, oh, I don't care. Kill him. Don't kill him. Whatever you want. What I like, though, is later on when they eventually after this is all done and the two 
all the characters are back together at threshold um ramsey goes hey that guy's still alive you you should have killed him and then she's like that was my decision and i was like <laughs> oh, okay cool great i don't know wh- what side of this argument i land on because i don't care about either side i mean they should have killed him i guess so i guess i don't know <laughs> but they said you are running away from a mob they get they get tricked by a local cop into the back of a cop car but they like escape that situation by shooting him in the back it's one of the many obstacles they set up along the way and it's it's a hurdle that isn't really a hurdle at all they like get in the car and they're like wait a minute shoot out i'm like okay well i'm glad that scene happened <laughs> they uh they have to run back to uh, old alienville because there's uh that's where the road goes i guess and when they run into the down the main street thankfully jt and a, a whole team of agents have shown up and have started arresting the entire infected town is this where they just open up on the uh the the villagers as it were yeah the, the mob who's chasing them runs around the corner and like sees just all these agents with automatic weapons and just like i don't know charge i guess and they just open fire <laughs> They just mow them down. It's only a disappointment because we know they may not die. I th- but I did love. I did love the idea. I'm like they're just gonna mow down this whole town. Yeah, just a huge massacre. <laughs> and uh, they basically won. They've caught all the bad guys. They're locking them up. And uh, somewhere in the distance, we hear a bomb explode. I, I guess they blew up that transmitter. <laughs> Yeah, it's, a, it's like it's like they the, the person doing the edit was like, oh, guys, we forgot to actually show the, the show the explosion. Like, uh, just put an explosion sound in the background. Everyone will get it. What happened? <laughs> and kind of the, the denouement on the A plot is that they have a look at Dr. Bolton's research and they find out like the signal he was trying to send with his transmitter was uh, coordinates to Washington, D.C., so maybe they would send more probes to Washington, D.C. to, I don't know, get threshold, I guess. Sure. And the entire show sort of wraps up now and series with a little series denouement that uh, I found out they shot after they found out the show was scheduled to be canceled. Like, I guess they found out during the shooting this episode. So they really quickly wrote this last sort of five minute piece that is like tagged onto the back of the episode. And uh, do you do you remember kind of what this little tag on is? Is this where she has the dream? Yes, we, we have a final dream with Caffrey. What's odd about that is I actually didn't know that that was shot afterwards. I don't think that wraps anything up because what you have is basically uh, she's in another dream. Some kid comes up to her and is basically uh, she's like, are you an alien? And he's like, I don't know. And then he's like, he says, threshold is going to work. Do you know who the kid is? No. Who is that? It's the baby who was just born. Oh, see, I didn't even know. That's who that was. Did did she say that? Yeah. Oh, there there you go. (laughs) Okay. Well, so the baby who's now grown up says threshold is going to work, but you may not be around to see it happen. And then she like hugs the baby for some reason. Yeah. She basically gets, we the viewer and she gets told, hey, threshold's going to work. You're going to stop the alien invasion. And then she wakes up and uh, uh, JT's shaking her awake. She's like, hey, you're dreaming. And she's just like, oh, sorry about that. She's like, I love you, JT. Gives him a big hug and says, now let's get to work. He's like, I think it's time for you to take a break. And she's like, I'll never take a break. And then like walks towards the camera. And that's the end of the episode. It's the end of the series. End of the series. Yeah. But yeah, they, they, they shot that little tag on the end. Just kind of like a little like, hey, it all worked out in the end. I still think it's weird that you say that because I just don't think it really wrapped anything up also it didn't need to wrap anything up big big deal it's not like people are going to be clamoring for the answers to these these you know these questions they set up i mean i think it is just this thing where like you find out your show's over and you're like oh well i guess uh we'll just say something at the end to let people know the end was threshold was a success (laughs) right right 
Anyway, let, let's talk a little bit about the series in general because I've got some final notes. I, I, I'm sure you looked at some similar things uh, on Wikipedia and such for like a little bit about the series and maybe some of the stuff we missed and some of the stuff that they plan to do kind of thing. Well, should we start with that they were going to change the title for uh, the show every season? Yeah, I mean, that was interesting, I thought. like The plan was actually to have a three-year arc for the show, so there's only going to be three seasons. It is interesting, but if if it had gone on for three seasons, you would think that things would have been seeded more. Like, it feels like maybe they did have an idea, but it doesn't. When you watch the show, you don't ever think there's a master plan behind this, you know? It got me thinking about it in that, you know, we watched... 11 episodes or whatever we watched. There's only 13 of the actual episodes. So maybe we watched nine of them. And I was just like, so little happens to drive it forward in those episodes. And it started occurring to me that obviously they don't have a huge amount of planning, but they obviously were planning for 24 episode seasons. Yeah. So I think what it is, is they didn't have very much to do in each, certainly in the first season. So they were really, really stretching it thin to get to 24 episodes, I feel like. I think it's it's the same problem we've seen with shows like Inhumans. The whole first season is kind of a setup to where it gets interesting. This is not quite the same, but there's, I think, some of the same elements where it's just like, we know where we want to go. We know some of the major beats we want to hit. And the first season is a real setup, but we don't want to do too much because, as we mentioned, so first season was supposed to be called Threshold. Second season was Foothold, which was when there's a mass alien invasion, which is hinted in this episode. And then third season was Stranglehold, where the aliens are there, and I guess they're fighting them now because the aliens are in charge or have, have had the upper upper hand on things. But it just feels like that all seems is interesting and fine, but I don't know if any of that seems like it was seeded well enough in the first season. Do you know what I mean? Like, I just like, okay, sure, you wanted to go there, but it just feels like the, the, even if they knew they had 24 episodes, there's still a ton of time-wasting. Well, I think that's the problem is I don't think they have enough for 24 episodes. I think if this was a 10 episode season, yeah, you probably would have seen a slightly different show. But I do feel like they had so much stuff. They only so much stuff they wanted to do in the first season. And it wasn't it's just not enough to be 24 episodes long. So do you think then this is a bit of a, a product of its time period or a bit of a failure of its time period? Because obviously this is now 15 years ago and... Not to say that every TV show is great now, but there's a more of an acceptance in American television that you have eight episodes shows or six episode shows or 13 episode shows or whatever it might be. Whereas the classic 22, 24 episode seasons have kind of gone away in, in a lot of in a lot of uh, uh, yeah. platforms. I mean, I think the show is probably still isn't going to be a classic or a great show by any means, but I bet you if you condensed it to 10 episodes, you know, you probably have the pilot and then you probably skip six episodes and end up somewhere like like we were when we like on when we were watching it like episode seven and eight. Like right, I bet you a right. bunch of these episodes just completely disappear. And like at least you're. It's the one thing we've constantly complained about. There's no momentum on the show because it never seemed mm-hmm. to go anywhere. I, I bet you with less episodes, it probably feels a little better. But I not a hundred percent for sure. Probably still a fiver. Uh, an overall plot over 20, you know, 24 almost hours cut down to 10 hours, even if it's not that good an idea, is going to go come across way better. And you know what? 
I love the idea of having a, a different title for each season. I'm, I'm a big fan of that. I thought that was a real fun idea. It's fun, but I, I can't think of another show that's ever done that. Like I can see Me neither. why if I was a, of a network, I would push back against that because you're like, we just did all this promotion for your show. Now we have to change the title. Well, I guess the hope is like it's so successful that it doesn't matter. Like people are going to follow the hold series all the way through. But right. You know, clearly that this was not that show. Now, let me ask you. Threshold, Foothold, Stranglehold. What's the best title? Still, uh, maybe Stranglehold. Yeah, I think Stranglehold is the best. Foothold's the worst. Eh, it just says foot in it. No one likes that. <laughs> uh, but I did like I did like the idea that's probably they were each season was probably going to be like here's my new plan. Like this was part of like stage two of Threshold was probably called Foothold. Like if it got that far, like mm-hmm. probably these were each like plans that already existed. Right. Um, let's talk really quickly about kind of the mythology of the show. Some of the stuff that we missed this season that I thought I'd, I'd bring up because it was kind of uh, interesting around the show. I don't think it was interesting probably how it was executed, but like kind of fun. Mm-hmm. Like stuff we didn't learn about was there was a there was a hybrid type of alien. Oh, is that right? It was a human who would get infected, but that in- person wouldn't be like swayed to the alien side. So they would be like a free thinking human being who had superpowers. Oh, that's right. So we had infectees, mutations, dreamers, and hybrids. Yes, those were those would be the different kinds. And this may just be a problem with like we didn't watch the episode. And in the summaries I read, I saw something that maybe Lucas was infected with the alien DNA by those tomatoes. He was. That was something that uh, yeah we didn't talk about in one of the episodes. He's sick the whole time because he ate a tomato. That's how they found out about the tomatoes. But I don't think it had any lasting effects on him. Like, he was just sick for an episode, and then he's Well, I kept waiting for something to happen this episode since I was like, but I'm like, he's not strong, He's and he just has theta waves. I'll also tell you something you're going to be really disappointed in, because again, because I scrubbed through them really quickly, the episode he's sick, you get to meet his fiance. Oh, do you? Yeah. I had read in here that they had cast the character, but I didn't know if she had appeared or not, so. I'm pretty sure, because there's a character I've never seen before over over his bed at one point, I'm like, that must be the must be the uh could be there was it seems like there was another character who had been cast recently to another doctor who was going to join the team but she'd only got one episode at this point seemed like they had been casting up for the back half of the season at this point to sort of fill out some more roles um but obviously those those contracts obviously didn't have anything to do in the in the end Mm -hmm. here was something that i thought was kind of fun too and this is probably when he was sick is apparently he had a dream in one of the episodes probably that one where he's sick that um, he learns that the aliens were sending a probe to earth every 160 years for the last like millennia right yeah and that lucas had a dream about a man from the 19th century who had fought and defeated the aliens in the 19th century and i was like yes please to steampunk threshold (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah they they sort of uh very gingerly dropped in over the the course of this season little bits of the mythology um again you know, it, it wouldn't have hurt if they had maybe pushed a little harder, but I guess they had thought we have lots of time. Did you see the little write up about how uh, they sort of they don't know if they can believe the information, but there seems to be a, a, a reason why this is happening. They learn in episode 11. No, I didn't. What was that? One of the hybrids apparently tells them that the aliens are actually trying to save humanity from a millennia old gamma ray burst that's hurtling toward Earth and is going to impact in six years. So they've been trying to do this for so long is because this is their attempt to save humanity. Oh, right. One of those classic, oh, the aliens are actually the good guys. Can you believe it? You hate that. You know all aliens are bad guys. It's just like, I, uh, yeah, what a turn. I've seen it before. 
But uh, let me ask you something while we're, while we're talking about uh, uh, this overall mythology and a plan. I always kind of felt that even when we're talking about different hybrids and, and hybrids and infecties and all this sort of thing, it felt a little bit less like there was an overall plan and more that it was patchwork and something we've talked about as we've gone on the show. And maybe, maybe it's not. Maybe that's just how it came across. And there was this thick Bible of what was going to happen. But in the universe that they've created, doesn't it seem like the aliens had a really scattered, poorly organized strategy for infecting people? I mean, I know that they wanted every different episode to have a different way to infect people. So there's a different way to go. But think about the beginning. They know they've sent a probe light years away to Earth. And where do they leave it? In the middle of the ocean and just happen to talk to sailors. Do you know what I mean? It's like little things like that where you look back and go, well, this doesn't make sense for their overall plan. Why didn't they just send it to the most populous city in China or India or wherever it may have been and affect the most people? That's their goal. And it just seems like, oh, and now uh, now it's going to affect lettuce. Okay, well, you know, why don't you just do better at the beginning? It just seems like the mythology doesn't really hold up once you watch the show. I mean, I, I, I can forgive that. Like, I don't mind the idea. I took it to mean that, like, whatever this alien civilization is, they're so far away. Like, these are, like, scatter shots they're taking. Like, they're just, like, these aren't, like, necessarily well-planned. They're just, like, let's just throw things at a wall and hope something hits. That's how I took the alien invasion. But I will say, I don't think you're wrong in terms of the show Bible or the mythology. I do think it might be a little, like, lost where they had a general sense of what was going to happen and where it was going to go. But, like, on a detailed level, they were kind of having to, like, make it up as they went because they didn't quite know how one thing led to another. And then as they did those things, they realized they had to course correct because they went too far one direction or something like that. Yeah. I mean, in the pilot, they say the probe never left Earth. So the idea the probe is somewhere there is really teased and threatened in that first episode. But, you know, 13 episodes in, it feels like they've forgotten that they said the probe was still here somewhere because they're having to call down more probes to the Earth. Yeah, the only thing the show seems to always be very consistent in is they're sailors and they're the cause of all the problems all the time they're always the the crux of every problem is there's a sailor somewhere he's moved to another city i do i do think in this episode 13 we are seeing them finally like walk away from those sailors because now there could be anyone infected from dc that's true the chef ran off i i I think that was that they finally reached the point where they're like, we can't keep coming back to these sailors anymore. Yeah, they're like, guys, we already did an episode about a piece of driftwood. We got we got to get this infection out there. And you know, I think that's the problem is that they're wanting this to seem more and more out of control, but they're wanting to do that over twenty four episodes. So like, they really have to slow play their hand. Yeah. Whereas, so it's just like it's just like you guys just get to it, and they just couldn't. And I think that's what really hurt the show. Right. Anyway, Jordan, should we rate Alienville? Again, I've mentioned a bunch of times, not a kind of really show I like. I don't think the actual show was so bad. And I will admit that sometimes I think my scores were a little hard. And But that's just a cumulative thing. If you have to watch these over and over and over, they seem worse and worse, at least to me. Whereas if you just you know happen to catch one of these episodes, you'd be like, eh, it's, it's about a five. So I'm going to go pretty close to where I think we are on this overall show. I'm going to give this an episode of 4.5. 4.5 totally agree i mean i think for me this this show's just there few shows i've watched have lived in the world of just like this is the most average thing i've ever watched in my life that, that's that's a very nice succinct way of saying this it's not bad it's not good it's just an average show that just doesn't grab you in the way that you would hope it does so i'm, I'm gonna give it a very average five it's what it deserves i feel i think you're probably right and that's probably where the average ended up or pretty close huh 
Well, yeah, you want to you want to get in and have a quick look at this uh, this uh, scores here. Sure. For the final rating for the uh, for the series. Let me punch in the computer. It's gonna be like a four nine or something. Jordan, the final rating, four point nine. There you go. You called it right in the nose. Right in the nose. Amazing, Jordan. Um, as far as like recommending the show, I don't think I would recommend it. Uh, you know, I think this is the kind of thing that if it came on the Sci-Fi Channel and you were doing some cleaning, you could leave it on in the background. But I wouldn't seek it out. It's a show where if it was on TV, you may not change the channel. But I, I don't know who the fan base is for this kind of show. It's not hard sci-fi. It's not uh, like a hard medical thing. It's not even a hard alien show. It's just kind of bits of stuff. And I mean, for uh, uh, Carla Gugino Completus, maybe. There you go. If you're Carla Gugino Completus, this is for you. Mm -hmm. Um, But that about wraps it up for Threshold for us. So viewer, viewer, listener. There you go. Uh, if you want to talk to any, us about anything about Threshold, you might know any like little tidbits that we missed. You can get us at continuumdrag at gmail.com. That's the email address. And of course, on Instagram and Twitter, we'll have some clips from the episode, some people building uh, IEDs. Um, I don't know, some, some guys busting out of trunks. Pushing bodies into, uh, what do you call those, wood chippers? Wood chippers? Oh, yeah, that was pretty good, too. Bending guns. That wraps this whole series up for us. Thanks for joining us, listener. And Jordan, I'll see you next week. See you then. Continuum Drag is recorded in Toronto, Ontario. Theme music by James Rex Siedler. Produced by Jordan Delick and Luke Black. Special thanks to Aaron Younes, Adam Wheatner, Jeff Hanley, Jane McRae, and Stephen Packard. <laughs> <laughs>